0: Small Time Podcast Small time Podcast Good dusk, ladies and
1: gentlemen, and welcome to the Small Time Podcast. I'm your host, Trilis We've got three fantastic serials for you today. But first, the weather, the traffic, the news, and what's happening in my life. We're looking at scattered showers throughout the week. Right now, there is a 47% chance of precipitation, with a 52% chance of no precipitation, and a 1% chance of, quote, other. I hope none of you are to drive anywhere this week, because all lanes in their state are closed for construction. So look at on your drive to work. In the news today, gas prices are rising. When I spoke to growing prices, faint economist Gerald Wanamaker said, quote, they do that. In truth, this news today, my wife just sent me a text that says, quote, when you get home, we need to talk. I, for one, don't know what it could be about. Except my birthday is coming up. Fingers crossed it's a surprise party. Today's show is brought to you by Walrus Shampoo. When your hair starts to smell bad, think Walrus. Now please enjoy our first cereal.
2: Take it away. Welcome to the Adventures of Captain Benevolent and Good Boy, Episode 1. A Mother Evil Snake in a Mother Justice
0: DHL. On the morning of their one-year superversary... Our heroes sit patiently where
2: all the Species City superheroes, past and present, have started their epic adventures. The Department of Heroic Licensing.
1: 67! Sweet righteousness, we're next, good boy! Soon, we will be renewed for another year, and we only waited four hours this time. Yay. I know. Can you believe it has only been 365 justice-filled days since we started our super adventures? Yes. Oh, I think he's about to call us.
3: 68!
1: That's us! Come on, good boy. Away! Mm. Welcome to the Department of Heroic Licensing. How can I help... Oh, God. What's wrong, solid citizen? Are you in distress? The money's in the bag. Just don't hurt me. I would never harm you. Unless it was for justice. Aren't
3: you Stan Desire
1: Kowalski, Spacious City's passionate mobster mastermind? No. I am Captain Benevolent, Sentinel of the Innocent, Fighter of the Guilty, doer of all things just, right and good. And by my side is my faithful canine-themed companion. Good boy! Woof. Together, we tussle with evil and make the streets of Spicious City safe to all! Doesn't malevolent mean bad? Benevolent means kind and generous. Having a disposition toward doing good. Isn't that confusing? No. When would anyone ever mistake me for an evil doer? Right. I would like to renew my hero's license, with a kid sidekick addendum for good boy. Wuff. What? Right. what heroic acts have you two done since acquiring your heroic license? Heroic acts, you say? Well, um... We haven't done any. If you cannot give me evidence of any heroic actions, I cannot renew your
0: license.
3: Is there anything else I can do
1: for you? Mr. Malevolent. Captain Benevolent? And sir, I. Ma'am. Ma'am? Good boy and I haven't been able to do any heroic acts. Because. The other superheroes are hawking all the crime fighting in Specia City. I don't have time in my busy schedule to listen to your pity party. If you have a complaint, take it up with.
0: It is I, Snake Charmer. Picious city's nefarious anthropomorphic snake who charms his victims to do his bidding as you can see by this enthralled construction worker and his earth mover now, my lovely warm-blooded friends, what you be dears and place enticing videos in every package you deliver? then I will be able to seduce the entire human race and take over the world. Ah!
1: We don't deliver packages at the DHL.
0: Nice try, unscaled on one. But I have done my Wikipedia research. And I know that the DHL is the world's largest courier company.
1: You have the wrong DHL,
0: you silly serpent. Kowalski? Dang it, I thought we would agreement about hitting up the same places. What's with that silly costume? Are of your suits the
1: dry cleaners? I am not stand Desire Kowalski. Villain... Then who are you? I am Captain Benevolent, Sentinel of the Innocent, Fighter of the Guilty, Doer of all things just, right and good. And by my side is my faithful canine-themed companion, Good Boy! Woof. Together, we tussle with evil, and make the Straits of Specious City safe to
0: all! Still confused... Are you on my side?
1: No! What part of make the streets of Specious City safe to all? Do you not understand?
0: Your name is
1: misleading. Benevolent means good.
0: It doesn't sound
1: good. You are thinking malevolent.
0: Oh yes, that's right.
1: Your charming days are over, you venomous
0: villain! Actually, I'm a non-venomous anthropomorphic snake. That is why I must resort to charming. Do most non venomous snakes constrict their prey? Yes, but I've never been one of those touchy kinds of snakes. Constriction also requires a strong body, but who frankly has time these days to go to the gym?
1: Enough, filthy foe! I will swing you out of your skin, snake-charmer!
0: Think again. What is happening? You're coming under my control, you muscular man,
1: I'm obeying his oration.
0: Must fight, but... You can't resist, Captain Benevolent. My charm is too much for your elegant ears.
1: Good boy, you must do something to
0: break the trance.
1: Thank you, good boy. Woof. Would you look at the time today, Charmer? It's vanquish o'clock.
0: Not so fast.
2: Construction worker!
0: Bring your strong earth mover and let's flee! You haven't seen the last of me, Captain Benevolent.
2: Why aren't you going after him? Because
1: justice was served. Whatever. Don't worry, my Specious City compatriots. I have arrived. Specious Marvelo, Specious City's titular... Superhero,
3: specious marvelo,
1: stand, Desire Kowalski. I was told Snake Charmer would be here. Specious, marvelo. I have all your memorabilia, even your 2003 autographed swimsuit calendar. It's always nice to meet a paying fan. Now where is Snake Charmer? Let's see if you can charm my fists. You just missed him, sir. My sidekick and I fought him off.
2: More like scared him off. I did all the work,
1: anyway. Thanks for your help, citizens. I didn't catch your names. Captain Benevolent and Good Boy, sir. Excelsior. Well, Captain Malevolent and Dog Boy, don't you worry. I'll handle the press. You two stay right here. Why do you going to take credit? Time to fly! Goodbye, my specious city compatriots! <laughs> Thank you for saving the DHL. Uh-huh. we were just doing our super jobs. For I am Captain Benevolent. Sentinel of the Innocent. Fighter of the- I heard it the first two times. So, does that heroic act qualify us for a license renewal? Yes, but- Justice! Whoa. But, you'll have to take the written exam. Again? I took that last time. If retaking the exam is what is right, then I am ready to stomach your standardized scrutiny. You can't take it here. Why not, ma'am? I'm not in charge of exams. Then who, might I ask, is? Cheryl. How can we see Cheryl? Take a number from over there and sit down. Great. Thank you so much. Good boy. Our ticket says we're number 95. My piercing eyes of justice detect she's about to call out a number.
0: Fifteen?
2: Oh, come on! Woof. That concludes our first fantastic episode. Join us next time for more of the exciting adventures of... Captain Benevolent and
3: good boy! Good night, solid citizens!
2: Before I see people for the first time in a week, I make sure to grab a bottle of Walrus shampoo. My hair gets oily and gross, and frankly, I don't want people to smell me and know that I haven't left my apartment in days. Walrus's affordable formula completely cleanses my scalp,
1: leaving my hair acceptable to the rest of society. No more uncomfortable conversations with
2: coworkers or silent unfriendings on social media. Because when my hair smells, I think walrus. Walrus shampoo. What a fantastic episode of the
1: adventures of Cat Benevolent and Good Boy, and an insightful word from Walrus shampoo. I, well ladies and gentlemen, I'm a, I'm a little worried. During Cat Benevolent, I gave my wife a call to tell her my favorite balloon color and shape. But she seemed surprised during that my birthday is coming up and proceeded to solemnly reiterate what she texted me before. I'm sure it is nothing. Our next fantastic story is a riveting family drama about a spunky girl named Megan. Please enjoy our next serial, The Heartless and the Megan.
0: Dear Megan's Diary. Hi, it's me, Megan. I know, this is so cool. I've always wanted my own diary. Anyway, after school, I was doing homework in my dad's office at the chocolate factory. I know that sounds fun, but it was really boring. There was so much to do in dad's office. I usually play with this paperclip magnet holder thingy, but Mrs. Williams assigned us a big art project that I needed to get started on. The only problem was, I couldn't find any scissors. Dad, I'm doing an art project in Mrs. Williams' class, and I need to make snowflakes with paper. Do you have scissors?
1: Megan, sunshine of my life. Today will be a day to remember. After founding this company 20 years ago with Mr. Billings, I am finally getting the recognition I deserve. The Chocolate Distributors of America are hosting a dinner tonight to celebrate my many accomplishments. It will be a magnificent evening of well-catered food, with a large sampling of our finest chocolates. If only our whole family could celebrate. But alas, your fraternal twin brother committed what I dare not say. He's far away at boarding school now. How sad.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. Anyway, do you have scissors in your office?
1: No, sweet pea. I haven't had scissors in my office since... the incident.
0: Okay. Where can I get some?
1: Mr. Billings might have some. His office is just down the hall. But you must know that already. You practically grew up in this factory. I remember you taking your first steps.
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Be right back. Mr. Billings is my dad's business partner. His family and mine, the Richmonds, have been running Richmond Chocolate since before I was born. That's like a long time. Anyway, I walked over to Mr. Billings' office. When I got there, I noticed that his door was closed. That was weird. He usually keeps his door open. He's always told me how important it was for your employees to be able to reach you. I wasn't sure whether to knock or not. Then I remembered, I still have a lot of work to do on my art. So I opened the door and went in. Hey, Mr. Billings. Can I borrow some scissors? Megan! What are you doing here? Mom? Why are you in Mr. Billings' office? And why is your hair messed up?
1: Your mother was just helping me with some... filing. My office has been a mess.
0: It looks like he has some lipstick on your cheek, Mr. Billings. And on your neck. And on your desk. Uh,
1: it's... a filing technique? Stop the charade, Monty! I told you someone would find out. Unfortunately, it had to be my sweet, sweet Megan. You must not be able to look at me the same. What does that mean? This doesn't mean I have stopped loving your father. If anything, this has reignited the white-hot passion that is our marriage. Gross, Mom. Priscilla, you can't truly mean that. What about our promise to run away together once I embezzled enough money to buy a love boat? Dearest Monty... I will never stop loving my husband. He has given me what no man before him could. A mansion and lots and lots of money. I could give you money, too. I may have a smaller mansion, but soon my embezzling will pay off. And I love you, Priscilla. Oh, Monty, you're such a romantic. It's
0: so devilishly handsome, too. So, do you have any scissors? I'm doing an art project and I need scissors. Did you ask your father? He doesn't have any. He told me to come here.
1: I don't have any scissors.
0: Darn. Okay. Bye. I couldn't believe it. Dad and Mr. Billings didn't have any scissors. How could I make the snowflakes without scissors? I was flustered. Then I remembered. The storeroom must have scissors. You need scissors to cut chocolate, right? I don't know. Anyway, I went downstairs to the storeroom. Penelope and Charles were there. Penelope is my older sister, and Charles is Mr. And Mrs. Billings' oldest child. They were talking all serious and stuff, so I decided to look for the scissors without bothering them.
1: If you don't give me all of your shares in Richmond chocolates, I will release the photos.
0: How dare you! Those photos are private! My father would never forgive me if he found out I prefer Faulkner chocolate.
1: Penelope, Penelope, Penelope. Always one for temptation. Always thought you could go wherever the wind took you and never face the tornadoes of consequence.
0: But why, Charles? Why would you forsake me like this?
1: Do you really not remember how you turned me down when I asked you to see in your prom? How you embarrassed me in front of all my friends? I was left with no choice but to go to prom with Stacy Wabash.
0: Stacy Wabash! Her house doesn't even have a third floor. It was degrading. After all these years, Charles, I didn't know I hurt you so much. Why don't you tell me sooner instead of blackmailing me? And why do you want my shares in this company?
1: There's only one thing in this dark, lonely universe I want more than people thinking I'm cool. Control of this company.
0: Gasp! And you knew that, like, since I'm first in line for succession, I would have enough shares for you to take over Richmond Chocolates? How clever and evil of you!
1: Yeah. Now send over your shares, or else your father will know your gustatory folly.
0: Jiminy Christmas, there aren't any scissors here either. Megan? How long have you been in here? Five minutes, like forever. What did you hear? Something about a wombat, and something in Spanish. Oh, you should leave. Don't you have homework to do? That's why I'm looking for scissors. God. I'll just go back to Dad's office another failure. Nothing was going right for me. Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, I ran into Danny Billings. He's my age, and he's weird. He gives me the same look Dad and Mr. Billings give Mom. I don't like it.
3: Good evening, Megan. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Hi, Danny. What brings you down to the storeroom?
0: Mrs. William decided an our project, and I need scissors.
3: Oh. What a coincidence. Because I need you. That's not how coincidence works. Be my date to the dinner tonight. Ew. Oh, Megan. Must we always play these games? You coy kitty cat, you.
0: Why would I ever want to go to dinner with you?
3: I have a feeling your father is in for some devastating news. What a shame that it would come out at night that he's being honored. I thought you could use a shoulder to cry on. Especially when there are going to be so many people in attendance.
0: I started to think about all the people that'd be at the dinner. Then I realized, one of them must have scissors. I've
3: gotta go, Danny. Bye. I hate it when she leaves, but I love watching her walk away.
0: I went back to Dad's office and continued working on my art project. I did everything I could and saved what needed cutting for later. At the dinner that night, everyone looked so fancy. That got me excited because they probably had fancy scissors. There were a lot of people I didn't know, but I started asking around anyway. Then Dad started to make a speech.
1: Thank you, everybody, for coming out to celebrate my many accomplishments. And thank you, Chocolate Distributors of America, for finally recognizing my brilliance. Please enjoy the free assortment of Richmond chocolates we've laid out for the occasion. Have a splendid night. Oh, Reginald, what a glorious speech, my love. It's going to have been possible without your support through the years, my darling. What? What is this? Oh, it's nothing, dear. This is Monty's favorite pin. Why would you have his pin? He'd only give it to someone he loves and... Priscilla! It's not what it looks like, Reginald! After all these years, how could you betray me? I still love you, Reginald. Nothing will ever change that. I need to catch my breath.
0: Dad, are you okay?
1: Oh, sweet Penelope, you never let me down. I will be fine, sweetheart. My heart is just not as strong as it used to be.
0: Do you need me to bring you anything? Some water? Food?
1: Water would be lovely, child. Wait. Come closer, my child.
0: What is it, father?
1: Your breath. I'd recognize that smell anywhere. That's... Faulkner chocolate!
0: Oh no! My secret has finally been revealed!
1: Betrayal? Not only from my wife, but now from my oldest daughter! Who would have thought an auspicious occasion like this could bring so much pain into my life? I am broken! Nothing else could possibly make me feel any worse than how I am feeling right now.
0: Hello, Father. It is I, Desmond Richmond, your son and Megan's fraternal twin brother. I have returned from the boarding school you sent me to after the incident. Scissors, finally! Now I can complete my art project! And that is exactly what I did the rest of the night. I stayed up until ten. On a school night. Anyway. The whole scissors fiasco was tough, but in the end, I learned something. If Mrs. Williams is going to assign you an art project, you better remember to bring your scissors to the chocolate factory. Anyway, bye for now. Lots of love, Megan.
1: Isn't that Megan just precious? I'm sorry, I... I've been crying. I called my wife again. She wouldn't say what she wanted to talk to me about. So I kept pushing her. And pushing her. She wants a divorce. Our next story is from a docuseries about a private detective's most infamous case The Missing Key, a story of Detective Kurt Kelly. But first, a word from Walrus Shampoo. Hi, everybody! I'm Walbert the Walrus. Do your parents ever tell you to wash your hair? or else they will stop paying your rent? Well, I've got a solution for you. Walrus Shampoo satisfies all the minimum grooming expectations of others while not breaking the bank. So you can spend your money on more important things, like cups of ramen or funny-tasting drinks. Take it from Walbert. When your hair starts to smell
2: bad, think Walrus. Walrus Shampoo. You can't smoke that in here. Are you kidding me? This is a professional sound booth.
1: You showbiz people in your fancy boots.
2: Whatever. Are you comfortable? Like a daisy in a field. What does that mean? You wanted to hear about Missing Key Case, right? Uh, yes. That's what this documentary is about.
1: Okay. What about it?
2: How about we start from the beginning?
1: Sure. It was late on a Friday night. I was sitting at my desk chair, gazing at his water trickle down the window pane, distorting my view of downtown. Rarely would I receive new clients at that hour, but there was not much point in going home. I lived alone. The only thing I was ever married to was my job. I was a private detective. Do you need me to say that? Yeah, sure, but please go on. Whatever. <laughs> On paper, that night would have seemed like any other night. A cigarette slowly vanished between my fingers as a glass of scotch mirrored it. But something was different. I could feel it in my joints. Maybe it was a changing barometric pressure from the storm outside. Or maybe it was a tall glass of danger that decided to walk through my door. Is that where you're going to put the recording?
2: Uh, yes, please don't stop your story for it. You could to cut out my interruptions anyway, right? It depends. Those interruptions help us get a better look at who you are. How did you get those recordings?
1: You know that already.
2: For the camera?
1: Ugh. I had a voice recorder I was running when I was on the job. It started as a way for me to hear how my dulcet tones sound suspects. Turned into me, never having to take notes.
2: Thank you. A woman walked into your office that night?
1: Not just any woman. The woman.
0: Hello. Are you Detective Kurt Kelly?
1: It depends. Are you from Hong's Palace?
0: No. I came here by myself.
1: Good. Because I'm not paying for what they call fried rice. So, what can I do for you, Mrs...
0: Miss Murdoch? I've been told you're an expert at finding things.
1: Things? People? Crime? I've done it all. What can I find for you, Miss Murdock?
0: A key. I seem to have lost one of my private keys that unlocks something very dear to me, Detective.
1: And what does that something very dear to you?
0: I'd rather not say, Detective.
1: Please, call me Kurt. Knowing what that key unlocks is pertinent to establishing your motive in finding possible suspects. Otherwise, I'm afraid I can't help you, Miss Murdoch.
0: Please call me Lily. I'm sure I can make it worth your while.
1: Lily proceeded to flash a thick stack of large bills, among other things. Well, not exactly flash, more like show. Other things. I mean, she was already in a revealing outfit, but then it was more revealing. Wh- whatever. The proposal was too good to pass up, even for demeanor, and no whether inappropriate clothing or raising red flags. Do you have a location? A clue? Something I can go off of?
0: I lost my key last Thursday. The last time I remember having it was an establishment I frequent. The Lonely Leopard. I felt it in my purse when I entered. But now, or so later when I reached in, there's this letter J keychain in its place.
1: Was there anything else missing?
0: No. Not even a mint.
1: Weird. That should be enough for me to start this case, huh?
0: Thank you, Kurt. I look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: And then she left like a person into the night. I took that keychain to the lonely leopard. Discreetly asked around about the regulars. None of them apparently had a J for either first or last names. One of the bartenders
2: soon recall the night in question? Oh, yeah, I remember it. Lily Murdock was looking real fine that night. Oh, so fine, in fact, that she had a little friend seeking ganders at her. Do you remember his name? Ah, oh, not at the top of my head. But I can look it up here on his receipt.
1: I scan the bar for specific activity while the bartender searched for the receipt. Nothing out of the ordinary?
2: Two. Nothing out of the ordinary. Ah, here it is. It says here his name is Justin Juniper. Ah, oh, that's right. The other day, Donnie was talking about how this guy's looking to become a professional bowler. Spends most of his nights at the Lucky Lanes bowling alley.
1: Bingo! Thanks, barkeep. Seems I've got a date. with a kegler.
2: No problem. Hey! Where are you. Are you gonna pay for those drinks?
1: I rushed to my car. It a mistake out time. I loaded my passenger seat with as many cigarettes and as much scotch as I could procure on such short notice. After a bottle and two packs, I saw Mr. Juniper enter the Lucky Lane's bowling alley. He was all alone. I kept looking over his shoulder, like he was expecting someone else to also be arriving. I took another drag and another swig and left my car. As soon as I entered, though, a gunshot rang out. Everybody get down! I looked over and saw Justin Juniper face down in lane 7. I quickly moved over to him. He was dead. A pool of blood was accumulating in the left gutter. And in the right was a blood spatter from the bullet. At first glance, it appeared to be like any other gun-related spatter. Except this one had a noticeable region missing blood. In the shape of a key. Before I could pull out a cigarette and begin detectiving... I heard a noise from behind me.
0: Unconsciousments says what?
1: What? When I came to, I found myself sprawled on the ground with a massive headache. This wasn't like my usual morning headache, so I deduced the assailant knocked me out. I felt around run for my gun, but it seemed to be missing. Not only that, but the J keychain was also gone. I knew how to get back to my car without raising alarm. Luckily, I'm a master of stealth.
0: What do you have for me? Tell Danny the cold at midnight. Good. Hey! That guy's trying to sneak away!
1: Crip! I threw a bowling ball at them and bolted for the door. They followed me out. Firing their pistols willy-nilly as I hopped into my car. And drove away. As I climbed up the stairs to my office, I was drowning in questions without even answer floaties to keep me above water. Who were those two men? Did they kill Justin Juniper? Was that Downy, the same Downy the Bartender mentioned? What happened to the key? And most of all, how did they see through my stealth? I opened my office door, my clothes drenched with real water from the raging storm outside. I noticed it right away. There on my desk was something shiny, but its bright display was fleeting. I stepped closer. Sitting on my desk was a key, covered in an ununiform layer of blood. Suddenly, a shuffling of feet behind me, trying not to make the same mistake twice, I quickly turned around and pulled out my gun. Dead. well, more like my hand. My hand, in the shape of a gun.
0: I see you found my key, Kurt.
1: Standing in front of me was Miss Lily Murdoch with a gun trained
2: right at my head. Well, nicotine calls. Time for a smoke break. What? You can't stop the story right there. Why not? You're just getting to the juicy part. I'd love to continue right now. As long as I may smoke in here. Well, no. Great.
1: I'll see you in 50 minutes to an hour. And with that, we come to the end of our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'd like to personally thank our producer and art director who've asked me to remain nameless at this time. Don't worry, Fred Wilson and Jamie Roderick. Your secret is safe with me. Now it's time for me, Treeless Tundra, to say goodbye for now. So long from this small-time podcast. May your days be sunny and your nights be not that.
0: Small Tupper Cast.
1: Small Tupper Cast. I gave you everything, Sarah.